Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023. Joining us directly live from Ukraine uh, is the intrepid Matt Van Dyke. Matt, it's good to see you. Glad you are well. And thank you very much for uh, coming back on the show. So without telling us precisely where you are for security reasons, can you tell us what you're doing in Ukraine? Well, I'm beginning my service in the Ukrainian military, um, and that's just, that's basically what we're doing. What are you wearing? Is that an American military uniform or a Ukrainian military uniform? This is a Ukrainian military uniform. Um, it's not necessarily what I'll be wearing in combat because I have my own kit. Uh, the Ukrainian military uses a mix of different camo patterns, mostly uh, American multicam and this Ukrainian digital camo. And how many Americans, uh, as far as you have seen or observed, um, in addition to you, have joined the Ukrainian military since this conflagration began in February of 22? I'm not sure what the number is. The ones that I've encountered, uh, probably 20 or less total. But I, I believe the number is much higher. I haven't met all of them. Do you have... Now, maybe I should know this as a lawyer and former judge, but I don't. Do you have a legal obligation to report this to the American uh, authorities? I mean, are you becoming an agent of a foreign government by, by fighting in their military, even though it's a foreign government that's at this point in history allied with the United States? No, America's fine with Americans serving in, in this military. Uh, I suppose an issue could come if it's if it was a former U.S. military personnel, and what um, knowledge or technology they were to transfer to the Ukrainian military. But in my case, not having served in the American military, there's no issue there. So when you first uh, went to Ukraine, and you've been on this show many times, from as far as we can tell, because I respect your safety and security all over Ukraine. But when you first went to Ukraine, um. You gave us the understanding that your goal was training. You and your group, Sons of Liberty International, uh, was to help train Ukrainian military to fight the Russians. What caused you to transfer from training, which is relatively safe, to shooting, which is most unsafe? Well, we still have the training mission for the organization. Uh, my service in the Ukrainian military is in addition to my responsibilities of leading the organization. Uh, 
Uh, it also allows for a better integration of us with the Ukrainian military for the purposes of training. Since I have a direct line into the Ukrainian military, um, it'll just improve our training capabilities as well. But I believe in this conflict. I, I don't ask people to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And if I'm training people to fight in it, I'm willing to fight in it. And so I enlisted. How desperate is the Ukraine uh, military uh, for more bodies? We are hearing stories. These are just anecdotal of 16-year-olds and 60-year-olds being um, conscripted. I haven't seen or heard of any cases of 16-year-olds or 60-year-olds being conscripted. I don't know why that would be done. Uh, there's plenty of, of military-age males who are left in Ukraine. I mean, this country of millions of people, there's plenty of people out on the street that you can see who, who could be serving but aren't yet. Maybe they will be in the future. But there's no desperate rush for conscripting people who aren't the best candidates to go fight. The uh, Russians have built, as you know, three uh, rings of defense to uh, repel, deter, prevent uh, Ukrainian military from moving uh, eastward. Uh, the rings were constructed not by picks and shovels, but by professional Russian um, construction companies, people that build roads and highways, early in the war, and they were essentially unmolested uh, by the Ukraine uh, military. With the exception of the Wall Street Journal, which persists in this story, uh, American media indicates that the Ukraine military has not only not breached, but not even approached the first of those three rings. What, what can you tell us about how far eastward into the areas where the Russians have dug in, the Ukraine military has gotten? In the south, the first ring has been breached. Or they're coming up on the second. They're made, they've made a successful incursion into Russian territory. There's still a long way to go. Uh, part of the problem is that the last fall's beginning of that counteroffensive that was successful wasn't continued through the winter, which only gave the Russians time to build better fortifications, to dig those entrenchments, and to lay the mines. It's really slowing things down. Uh, so is the lack of not having air power for a combined arms assault. Uh, the Ukrainians were taught tactics by the West during training in Germany and other places that usually are done with air power, and they don't really have the air power to combine with it. So it's a very hard fight, but we're uh, slowly getting it done. Without air power, it's going to be almost impossible to push the Russians out of eastern Ukraine and inconceivable uh, of pushing them out of uh, Crimea. Agreed? It will be extremely difficult without air power, except air power is coming. We have some air power. Uh, F-16s are on the way. Uh, I think another another great effort we, this next summer. You, you know the F-16s are not going to arrive until the end of this year, and you also know that there are no Ukrainian pilots qualified to fly them at this point. Right. So it's going to be a while before they arrive. How much longer do you think the war is going to go on? At least through 2024. I think another big push will be made next summer with the support of air power, and then we'll see what we can do. Why did the uh, spring offensive fail? Uh, they should have continued. My, my view is they should have continued through the fall and winter when they had early success in the fall. Russia was at the weakest it would ever be at that point in terms of morale, logistics, and they hadn't dug their defensive positions yet. That should have continued rather than waiting for Western armor to come. 
Um, the Bradleys have helped, but really time was, was a much more powerful weapon than any technology that was coming from the West. And that opportunity wasn't seized in, in time. Uh, you gave us some uh, pictures of your uh, your colleagues training. We're going to put them up and then uh, talk talk over them. So what are what are we looking at here? I don't I don't know if any of those guys is you, but what are we looking at in this uh, photo? What what is that piece of equipment there, Matt? Uh, that's uh, anti tank missile. Uh, we train them on anti tank missiles. This was in Konstantinivka, which is a city that was just hit by a Russian missile strike. I believe yesterday, uh, which was the deadliest strike in a while, 16 or 17 killed in a market. It's the city that my team and I deployed to with the 47th Brigade, which is a unit that is spearheading the current counteroffensive that has had incredible success on the battlefield. Um, but this is a, a city that we're familiar with, a unit we're familiar with, and they've been in the news a lot. So, right. I, I, so I we, see, we see this piece of hardware and we see... Uh, portions of three human beings. Are those guys Ukrainians or Americans? In the background of Ukrainians, uh, the trainer on the left is American. And is he part of your group? He was at the time. He, he has a, another job that he is doing now, but he's a, a former Marine and he was with us there last summer. Is there some security uh, issue uh, with you taking photographs of Ukraine uh, equipment and soldiers and American trainers and posting it on an international uh, site, as is the case now. No, this is the most photographed and videoed war in history. Um, you see in that photo, their faces aren't shown. If they have a problem with their faces shown, we don't show them or we blur them out. Um, my, my trainers are all comfortable being seen. And that isn't any sophisticated technology there. Um, those aren't even javelin level anti-tank missiles. Okay, Gary, let's go. Let's go to the next of uh, Matt's picture. What are we watching here? It looks like uh, four soldiers with their their faces covered. Yeah, this is uh, again, their faces are covered to protect their identities. Sometimes they want to do that if they're going to be photographed. Uh, this is a room clearing exercise for a checking room for enemy and particularly useful in urban combat. Um, I know for a fact that the 47th has been using these skills. Uh, quite successfully, in fact. Are these Americans, Ukrainians, or both? These these fellows that we see in the in the military garb. These are all Ukrainians in the 47th Brigade. Uh, one of the ones spearheading the counteroffensive at the time was the 47th Battalion. Well, what is the uh, weaponry that they have in their hands, Matt? I'd have to zoom in, but um, AK-74. And are they supplied by the United States, NATO, or the West? Uh, supplied by Ukraine and some Western countries, uh, presumably Poland or others that had AK-74s. Um, and AK-74 is what I'm issued as well. When, um, when they train like that, do they train with live rounds of ammunition? No, none of that's fire training. Uh, that training... In the photograph was to get down the movements, including uh, moving with a weapon. Uh, we also do a lot of training with airsoft that that involves engaging um, enemy. Usually, role played by us. Sometimes okay. it's, it comes at great pain. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I think we have one or two more uh, photos. Uh, what is, what are we looking at here? It looks like somebody without a helmet on, well, uh, none of them have helmets on, but somebody in a trench and three other fellows looking at him and or pointing to him. Right, these are two of my trainers demonstrating digging a one-man fighting position. Um, and something we haven't had to do in any previous mission over the past nine years was think about fighting positions in trenches. It just wasn't an issue. But here, it's one of the things that they want most, as it can be the matter of life and death in a, in a war using this much artillery. How up close... Do the Ukrainian soldiers and the Russian soldiers get to each other if they're shooting from um, a, a one-man trench like that? Uh, most of those trenches, you normally start with one-man trench when you first arrive at position, and then it expands. You improve your fighting position and link one-man trenches together to build a trench system. Um, in this case, you know that would mostly be for perimeter defense. That's what we were teaching at that site. Yeah, but how far away would the Russian soldiers be? Let's say this were real, not training. Is, is this a realistic view of what a one-man trench or, or shooting position would look like? It would be designed to keep the Russians back at least a few hundred meters. So the Russians at whom the person in the trench is shooting would be no more than one or two football fields distance away. Probably about 300 meters or so. Okay. I think we have one more. Chris is all over the place here. I think we have one more. Now, this is a training mission, a training exercise. That guy whose belly we see is not dead. What, what's going on there? Uh, this is our, our medical trainer. Med medic training is one of the things that we provide. Um, and one of the things that's most demand, actually. Uh, we do this uh we do it under other under scenarios as well where there'll be active shooting scenarios with the airsoft where we'll have somebody be wounded so they have to learn to uh evacuate a casualty and do this under fire so we try to give them some some angles on this that other organizations won't because there are, are organizations that provide medical training but as part of our standard package when we do a training we definitely provide um medical training and the the uh, the guys that we see in this photo, Ukrainians, Americans, or both? Right is an American, and the ones in the back are Ukrainian. Okay, but why do you? Um, uh, well, do you believe that the Ukrainian military can withstand uh, the Russian military, notwithstanding a seven to one kill ratio in favor of the Russians? and superiority in terms of equipment and manpower in favor of the Russians? Well, I've 
certainly not familiar with that kill ratio in favor of the Russians. It's the general consensus is that the Ukrainians have killed way more Russians than the Russians killed Ukrainians. But that aside, uh, I am confident that we can win this. We have some of the best equipment in the world, so have high morale, have advising by the United States military, although perhaps it could be listened to more than it is. But, uh, you know, do you really think America has gone all in on this and Western Europe if they think they're going to lose it? I don't. Here's um, an interview that my uh, friend and former colleague, uh, Tucker Carlson, conducted with Viktor Orban, the prime minister uh, of Hungary. I mean, the interview is an hour long. We're just going to run a, a couple of clips. Uh, this first one, which is a little more than a minute long, uh, uh, Prime Minister Orban explains why he believes the Russians will win. I'm anxious for your thoughts on this. In the United States, the view is that Ukraine is winning this war. It doesn't sound like that's true. No, it's a lie. It's not just a misunderstanding. It's a lie. It's impossible. Everybody who's in politics and understand the logic, the figures, the data, no way. Why is it impossible? Because that way, the Ukrainian, the poor Ukrainians die every day. Yes. Hundreds and thousands, you know. So I'm, my heart is with them. It's tragedy for Ukraine. But they will run out earlier from the soldiers, number of soldiers, than the Russians. What finally will count is boots on the ground. And the Russians are far stronger, far numerous, more numerous there is more than of Ukrainians. Many more. So this strategy, what we are just supporting, is a bad engineering of the strategy. Sooner or later, the Ukrainians will run out of boots on the ground and the Russians won't. I'm, I'm paraphrasing him. What are your thoughts? He's right there. I mean, it's a country of tens of millions. There's no, no shortage of people willing to fight. The main issue is supply from the West and ammunition, which a lot of those issues will be resolved in 2024. So really, it's going to be a matter of willpower. It's going to be a matter of, of what strategy works in the counteroffensive to reclaim territory and dig in and then maintain enough territory to have a good bargaining position when the negotiations come down this war. But And what would they possibly uh, negotiate if, uh, if President Zelensky agreed to a stalemate or agreed to anything that did not remove the Russians from eastern Ukraine or Crimea? He'll be gone. You know that. Right. I, I hope that they don't negotiate away any territory. Um, you know, one negotiating point could be whether or not Ukraine joins NATO and how soon. Um, that's one of the things that perhaps could be up for discussion, but I think territory is non-negotiable. It's hard to believe that um, uh, the Russians would agree to give up eastern Ukraine. I mean, Russian-speaking, Russian cultural, uh, Russian-allied, and has been bombarded by Ukraine. Ukraine has bombed its own people there. Isn't that true? We don't think they're going to give up willingly, but we're going to push them out. All right. Here's uh, another. Uh, you're very steadfast, Matt, and I admire that uh, in you. Here's uh, another clip uh, from uh, the interview with Tucker Carlson. Uh, on this one, uh, Prime Minister Orban says the war will end tomorrow if Joe Biden makes a phone call. So if United States would like to have a peace, next morning there is a peace. Because it's obvious that the Ukrainians, the poor Ukrainians on their own, they are not competitive in this war. So if there is no money, 
and there is no equipment from the West and especially from the United States, the war is over. The solution is in your hand, is in the hand of, the, of your president. The present one or the future one, but you will solve it. The United States can do it, nobody else. It's not the solution for the Ukrainians. Of course, it's about Ukrainians. They cannot be neglected. They must be involved. But the real factor is not Ukraine. The real factor is intention of the United States. The real factor is the intention of the United States. I'm paraphrasing, I think, fairly. And without the United States, uh, the Ukrainians have no ability whatsoever to resist the Russians. Agree or disagree? I agree that without American and Western support, there's no ability to really liberate the lands that Russia holds. But to resist Russians, I mean, Russia invaded in 2014 initially, and Ukraine resisted since then. So it changed the nature of the conflict. It goes certainly more guerrilla than conventional, but the will to fight is still very strong here in Ukraine. So um, if, but it certainly would change the course of the war and our expectations if we lost all Western support suddenly. If Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis became president, uh, both of whom have said they'll stop the war in 24 hours by making that phone call that uh, Viktor Orban uh, alluded to. What becomes of you and your buddies? We keep fighting. But isn't it a hopeless cause without American support? Without American support, Russia would probably try to, to seize more territory within Ukraine and would be on the defense. Uh, we could do it, but it, it would definitely result in much higher casualties and prolong this conflict indefinitely. Are you willing to give your life for the Ukraine cause, Matthew Van Dyke? Yes, I'm willing to give my life for the cause of liberty. Uh, that's for Ukraine and for anybody else that's, that's fighting an aggressor or fighting for liberty in an oppressive state. Uh, I wouldn't have signed up if I wasn't willing to make that sacrifice. Best of luck to you. Stay well, stay safe, and thank you very much for uh, the time you give us. Uh, the next time you're in another place in Ukraine, hopefully a peaceful place, please let us know, and we'll pop you up right on the screen. Thank you, Matt. All the best. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Of course. Wow, there you have it, live from Ukraine. He told us where he is, but he doesn't want us to say, and of course, I uh, respect that. If you like it, if you like what you saw, help us spread the word. Like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a colleague, tell somebody at a, at a cookout or barbecue. Depends what part of the country you're in, whether you call it a cookout or a barbecue. In Texas, it's a barbecue. In New Jersey, it's a cookout. Uh, uh, in the days coming up, in the waning days of summer, uh, our goal is 250,000 subscribers by Christmas. We're pushing 195,000 uh, as I speak. Today, Scott Ritter at 2 o'clock Eastern. And at 4 o'clock Eastern, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, who has become the intellectual guru on why Ukraine is motivated by Nazism, right here on Judging Freedom. Tell your friends, on Judging Freedom, we look out for your liberty.